Yeah, like, uh, like Brian, Brian was saying, I'm here to speak to you guys. I have uh, a message that God has laid on my heart for you uh, in following with our series on Christmas longings. Now, when Brent first asked me to, uh, to do this, I wasn't actually supposed to be the person opening up. And then at one of our elders' meetings, he asked, oh, hope would be perfect to go first. And so ultimately, he ended up choosing me to be the person to go and to speak first to you guys. And he said, don't let me down. So we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, so our series that we are going to be going through this Christmas is on Christmas longings. Christmas longings are things that we long for in our life are, that our hearts hunger for. I am th- when I think of Christmas longings, I think of things that, I, that I've wished for as a kid or desired when, uh, at, on Christmas. A story that comes to mind to me was, and I might be, I might be dating myself a little bit. I'm not that old, but I'm not, I'm not as young as I once thought I was. Uh, I remember going to my grandparents' house, and who here remembers uh, Sears catalogs. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts leading into Christmas is when we'd get this big book, this big Sears catalog would show up in the mail and I'd be over at my grandparents' place and I'd, I'd start going through it. But uh, as I was going through it, I'd skip through like, like three, like two to 300 pages or so of like appliances of clothing and everything like that, and I'd go way to the back where there was five pages, five or six pages of toys. And I'd go through, and I'd take this, I'd take a pen or a marker, and I'd go through, and I'd circle everything that I wanted. And then strategically, as a kid, as a kid, knowing that I, I had to make sure I got what I wanted, I would take, I'd take this book and I would have it open to every single thing I circled. And I would take it and rest it on my grandparents' bed. <laughs> and so my thought was, was when they were going to bed, the last thing that they would see uh, before they w- went to bed would be what I wanted for Christmas. And when they, when they would see that, my thought was, oh, they would dream about it also. And they would dream <laughs> about giving me that gift. And so, when I was a kid, my Christmas longing was to desire after these gifts. For some of you guys, to long, to hunger after something, especially leading into this Christmas season, can mean different things. Especially within the season of life that we are in today. It is, we, we, a lot of us, and in conversations with friends and family, a lot of what people long for is just to be together during the season. Something that we, we honestly take, we took for granted leading up to that, leading up to COVID. Leading up to COVID, we took for granted the presence of having people within our lives to meet up with them, to spend time with them, to celebrate Thanksgiving with them. And ultimately, now that we've been asked to stay, stay within our family unit, our house during this Christmas season, it's something that we long for during this season, too. What I, what I want to talk about as we lead into Christmas longings is, is this theme of hope. 
And I feel this video was a great video leading into what I wanted to talk about, and I'll talk about it later uh, within, uh, as I continue on in my message. But before we do that, I just want to pray and just invite God into this place and just ask him to lead us and lead our hearts. And so, Father, we come before you right now. God, as we think on your word, as you've given me a message to share to this church, Father, I pray that it will challenge, God, it will grow, and it will cause us to fall deeper in love with you, Lord. You are so good to us. And God, we praise you and glorify you, and we invite you into this space, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit be here. God, we call upon your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So the passage that I want to speak on isn't actually the passage that Brian read, but it leads into the passage that Brian, uh, that Brian shared with us. And it's the, this passage in Isaiah 11, 1 to 10. And as we go into it, I really want you guys to be thinking of this question throughout this, and we'll go back to it at the end of my message. This question of, for all of you, is what are you putting your hope in during this season of life? How are you longing for this hope? What are you longing for? So just to, just to give you a prelude, an opening into this, uh, this passage, the prophet Isaiah lived over 700 years ago before Jesus was born. He was living in and amongst a divided kingdom of Judah and Israel. At this moment, Assyria was threatening both of these kingdoms. They were led by an egocentric leader committed to taking over the Middle East. Isaiah was called at a young age to be a prophet. Just 18 years before the northern nation of Israel was overrun. In Isaiah 6, in Isaiah, 6 Isaiah prophesied that Judah would be defeated and left to dead, and he used this picture of a stump being cut down. Cut down and burnt. And it happened. Over a century later, just as God had promised and, sh- uh, and, sh- and revealed to Isaiah, and he prophesied this, it happened. Within this book of Isaiah, you see this theme of judgment. It is very, very, very strong. As Isaiah is calling out the nations, the, the nation of Israel and Judah, to come back to God. But yet through that, he's talking about this judgment that is to come because of everything that has happened. Everything that the nation had done. But you see very strongly when this when this theme of judgment is present, you also see the reference of future hope that is to come out of this judgment. As we go into a topical study, I always love researching and looking up what word word is being used uh, in this topical study of hope. And so when I researched it, and I looked at a couple different uh, uh, pieces, a couple different books. Uh, the theme, uh, the word used for hope 
in, this, uh, in the book of Isaiah is tikva, which, uh, which the meaning of it in, in Hebrew is bound or fixed on, meaning expectations, uh, meaning expectations with certainty. Knowing and hoping and, and being bound to what is to come, not, not being swayed by other things around you, but being fully fixed on what is to come, what is in front of you. The transition of judgment to, ho- uh, judgment to the future hope is a theme that is throughout the Old Testament. And so what the Israelites were longing for is this new hope to come. And I'm just going to read this passage in Isaiah 1 to 10, 11, 1 to 10. And it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he sees or decide, uh, decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with the righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with, uh, decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be, be the belt on his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And a, light, a little child shall lead, lead them. A cow and the bear shall graze together. Their young shall lie down together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of a cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. There shall not, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of knowledge of the Lord and the water, uh, as the waters cover the sea. In this day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the people, of him shall, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. Now, this is a prophetic passage that is pointing towards this, this, this future hope that is to come. Out of this stump that was cut down and burnt, you see a shoot popping out of it. And th- what this shoot brings, and I have a picture that I ended up taking when I was camping, and I, I don't know if Alex is able to get it up on the screen or not. Oh, he's working on it. Anyways, he'll, he'll, show it, he'll pop it up on the screen. This picture is from when I was camping. And uh, it, like we, we, when we were camping, we'd go off and we'd kind of just spend some time reading our Bible and just kind of just focusing on listening to God. And it was just kind of a young adult's camping trip that I was on. And I, as I was looking out into the lake, I saw this stump, this completely dead stump that had no life in it whatsoever. But yet there was this tree in the middle of it that was popping right out of it. Something that was dead, 
was bringing life. In this passage, we see this picture of what this child will be like. We long and hope for what this child is like, and we, amazingly enough, we get to live in this hope right now, and we've, we've, we've been able to see this. When, when, he, when this child comes, we realize that God comes. This shoot is pointing to Jesus. In John 17, 21, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us and the world may believe that you have sent me. In John 1, 18, it says, No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who, who is himself God. And in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. We also notice that as God sees, so does this child, so does Jesus see. People judge others based on their external, uh, external appearances. I've witnessed this growing, growing up as a kid, going through high school, even, even as an adult too. We are very quick to judge people based on their outer appearance like how people dress, the color of their skin, how successful the person is, uh, and, how, uh, and how they just appear generally. Jesus has offered a new way of life, a new community of faith, a new identity that is rooted with him, rooted, rooted within him, and a new future to all who follow him. Jesus, when Jesus looks, into, looks, looks at you, He doesn't see this outer appearance. He sees your heart. He sees you choosing to follow after him. He sees your your full dependence on him. He, He hears the words of confession to him. We also notice about uh, one, one thing we also notice about this child that is mentioned within this passage and which point, what points towards Jesus is that as God is just, Jesus is just. The main focus of, uh, within Isaiah's prophecy here is that he will give special care to those who are poor and downtrodden. We see within Jesus' ministry, and this was not, not just was he here to seek and to save the lost, but yet as Jesus walked, he ministered to the hungry. He fed the hungry. He healed the sick. He forgave and transformed the tax collector and the prostitute. As Jesus walked and he ministered, he was one of the greatest social, social workers, social activists that this world has ever seen. So we see in the first part of, this, uh, in the first part of these verses, from one to four, this character of who, what this child is like, and that is pointing t- towards Jesus, who is our hope that we long for. When, and, and, and the beautiful thing is that we get to live in that knowing right now. 
We have the Gospels and we see how Jesus, see who Jesus is and we see his characteristics and we see what he has done. But we also think about what he is going to do and that is what we also have our hope in too. And this is what the passage, the, the latter part of the passage points towards. And as I was reading through this, I was kind of, uh, I was praying and asking God, like, what, how would you like me, what would you, how would you best describe, God, this part of this, this passage? What, what words, what words come to, bring, bring words to my mind that I can use to just properly define these, these, these last couple verses within Isaiah 11, uh, 1 to 10. And it was actually two words that he gave me. And it was divine revolution. The, this child, Jesus, will bring divine revolution. Jesus did not simply come to save our, save our souls. He came to revolutionize our lives and remake the world he created in which we get to be a part of. The Messiah will bring perfect shalom. The Hebrew word for meaning all things will be made as they should be. He will bring forth this great peace. And this is described in the verses when he says, the wolf living with the lamb. You would never see that today. You'd see it, another verse is the cow and the bear grazing peacefully side by side in a field. You would not see that today. Even the child playing right by the hole of a cobra. When I was thinking of this, I don't have any kids of my own, but I live with Dave and Amanda, and uh, they have two beautiful kids, Nemo, Nehemiah and uh, Ruth. And I don't think I, even, even with them not being my kids, I don't think I would ever want them playing around a snake. Just, just anywhere around them. But yet, this perfect shalom what God, this future hope that is to come that we are longing for, this is, this is, what, this is what is at our grasps, what we're looking towards. Seeing the wolf and the lamb living together, seeing the cow and the bear grazing in the same field, seeing the child being, playing right beside a, a, uh, a cobra. Imagine that. Imagine what that looks like. I, just even thinking about it, my mind is like, I'm just, I'm like, I, I cannot see this. I cannot picture this. But this is what is, what our future hope, the, the future hope that we are longing for. So, as we mentioned before, we are in Advent right now. And and hope is, is today's Advent that we're focusing on. The season of Advent, uh, and, and like I had never grown up actually doing Advent before. The church that I attended, and uh, 
Uh, it was actually a new thing when I first came to Auburn. I'd never, experience, I'd never experienced or been part of it. And I, I really had to look into it and really kind of figure out, what, what is this? Why do we celebrate this? Uh, and, and one of the things I came across is the season of Advent is about living day by day uh, in sometimes very difficult, uh, in a very difficult wor- world, like the world we're living in right now, with the pandemic, with the separation, with all the political stuff that's happening within this world, racism. Never listen to CBC Radio. <laughs> it really hurts you. It can really hurt you. Living in this world with anticipation of the fulfillment of God's promise that is to come into our world, into our lives, to make all things right. So Advent, we remember, at Advent, we remember the first incarnational coming of God into this world through the infant Jesus. As we read in this passage this morning that, that, that Jesus was the, the, the one that Isaiah prophesied about to come. And, and as Brian read, uh, this was, uh, it was talking about the, uh, the giving him the name Jesus. And then it, it referenced another passage with Isaiah talking about Emmanuel. That this is the one that they've been waiting for, the Messiah. And this Messiah came to this world. This world that, uh, to, make, to make forgiveness of sins and eternal life available to us all. Something you can experience right now by placing your faith in Jesus. But we, but we also long for a promise that God will make, make everything right again in this world and that we promise that that and that promise has not been fulfilled yet so at advent we also remember that god will again enter personally into this world jesus will come again complete the work uh the work he has started so that we, so we live in that hope of what is to come, knowing that God has made that wonderful promise, but yet has not been fully fulfilled yet. But we get to live in, uh, in a part of it that has. How amazing is it that while we long to experience the hope uh, in full, we have been given a taste of it here and now. As I was scrolling through Facebook a couple days ago, one of my friends ended up posting a quote, and uh, I actually really felt it fit strongly within this, this sermon that I'm giving to you guys today. And they, they didn't mention who it was or anything that, that, that said it, but I, uh, once again, I, r- I really think it's something that we should think about. And so as I share it with you, please, please listen to it. It gives this beautiful picture of what hope is. Hope is a match in a dark tunnel. A moment of light just enough to reveal the path ahead 
and ultimately the way out. Let me read it again. Hope is a match in a dark tunnel, a moment of light, just enough to reveal the path ahead and ultimately the way out. This is why we gather here today. We are longing for this hope, this hope that has been given to us through Jesus and this future hope that is to come that we get to, that we get to celebrate and when we, when we experience it in its full. We have hope because of who Jesus is. We have hope because of what he has done. And we have hope because of what he will do. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, who came into this world as a little baby. God, that, that he stepped down from, this, from where he was to this world to meet with us, to meet us where we are at in our struggles. God, and, 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 and through that, through him stepping onto this world and ministering, God, that he came to seek and to save the lost, God. That when all things seemed dead, that, we, that, that you had not spoken for years, that you brought forth this Messiah, Emmanuel, that came. God, that even out of a dead stump, a shoot will rise. We praise you for that, God, that you have chosen not to give up on us. God, and we trust in you. And Father, that if there's anyone here that is being impacted by your presence right now, Lord, let them, God, we pray right now that they call upon your name. Father, that as they, that they can hold this match and knowing that this is just a little bit of light that will lead them ultimately on the pathway to get out of the darkness that can surround them. Thank you, God. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.